And then I fell in love with you. You are and it welcome. Wrecked my world. And in a good way. In a good yeah, way. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. I was about to say, we're just gonna see. <laughs> just yeah. gonna see. No, that. it was in a good way. Welcome to the Honesty Policy, Episode 7. I'm Patrick. And I'm Sarah. And this is a podcast about honest things. Whatever we're obsessed with, you'll get our honest thoughts. And today, we are doing a topic, Ministry Spouses. Ooh, ah. For for our tens of listeners. All tens of the tens of listeners. You know, someday we're going to make it bigger, and then we're going to have to come up with a new thing that we talk about all the time. Instead of the tens of listeners? Yeah, hopefully we'll I mean, techni- technically, there still will be groups of tens oh, of true. listeners. Okay, that's true. So, for our tens of listeners... Right now, it's just literal... Tens, but still. <laughs> <laughs> so, we, we want the podcast to kind of go in two different ways. We want some parts of our conversations here with you guys to be fun, lively, about fun things. And other times we want to talk about things that are on our hearts or things that we are processing together. Kind of like we've invited you to the table to sit and have a conversation over a meal. And like we normally do, and when you're having a conversation with people, it goes ups and down. You go through funny things that you share and serious things that you share. And that's the intention of this podcast. And one of the things we are navigating in as a couple is being ministry spouses. And what does that mean? Well, uh, what it means is that you are married to someone who is actively doing ministry. In our case, your full-time job is active ministry. And so the other person is married to someone who is doing a full-time active ministry job. So for most of our marriage, Patrick was serving as pastor. And I was stay-at-home mom, but also his quasi assistant in all aspects of ministry in whatever churches we were in. But now we've entered into a new season where I am serving. My title is officially director of discipleship, congregational care and communications at Calvary United Methodist church, which basically means I'm the associate pastor, but I was a staff hire. I was not appointed to the church there. Which is a a specific Methodist, United Methodist thing. Right. We're normally, so I'm not ordained in the Methodist church. But this new chapter is now you, love, are married to me and you get the side of being the supportive spouse. So I, I, I think part of the, maybe one of the starting points of this becoming a thing we were talking about is on Facebook... Somebody had posted that they really needed to, you know, we all really need to pray for ministry spouses that, you know, they have a very difficult journey and very um, challenging space. And I'm reading this thinking of you going, yeah, yeah. And then you're thinking of me like poor Sarah. Yes. Okay. And that's what I'm thinking. Thinking of you like, oh. Yeah, yeah, poor yeah. Sarah. Yeah, and it was an embarrassingly long amount. <laughs> I mean, it's not it's not one of those sitcom things where you pause and you suddenly get it. It was hours later. I'm doing something else, and all of a sudden I go, "Oh, it's me. That's me. I'm a ministry you spouse. Are. I'm a pastor's wife now." Y- y- ish. ish. 
Ish. Yes. yes. Yeah, you are. And in the old vernacular. Yes. Like, yeah. That, you know, the conservative circles are still like, let's have a pastor's wife roundup kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, they nope. all talk like that, too. They, well. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moving on in conversation. So it uh, it is an interesting new thing that um, both good and bad seeing it from this side when so much of our early marriage and you know I, I don't know why I said early marriage as if it up until up until the, a few months ago yeah. uh, the experience was I was doing the recognized named salaried full-time ministry and everything I did ministry was volunteer there's yeah. a couple times I was paid as an a, one of your ministers but yeah nothing that lasted nothing yeah. that stuck so it's been a really interesting journey over the last few months. And um, there's been some things that have been hilarious and some things that have been less the, uh, less <laughs> yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Uh, so we thought it might be interesting for several of the tens of you right. to get this part of our story. Because we are still, it is still an evolving situation. It is still something. Yeah, we have not gotten this figured out no, by any no, means. No, 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 no. So we want to talk about the good and the bad of what this looks like and what this looks like now, but also just in general from, you know, all of our marriage, this is what this has looked like. So, Well, and some of this will relate to someone, even if they're not in ministry, being the spouse of a person who is working yeah. and depending on their jobs could could be very taxing to the, I mean, the wife or the spouse, sorry, that's not fair, the wife or the husband of a doctor and the hours they have to keep and like so there there's hopefully still of it will some of it will translate to other careers but for us specifically ministry is its own beast ball of wax or bag of cats or thing thing <laughs> you come to this podcast for the deep insight that we bring you so if in case you need We're this so eloquent with words i love. think we found our first t-shirt <laughs> ministry is its own dot 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 thing, thing. <laughs> yes feel free to instagram that everybody so being a spouse of do you want me to go first and kind of my experience and we sort of balance it with what your experience has been in swift in in swapping back and forth or how do you want to either that or the good and the bad okay um which one whichever... let's just go with good and bad that's just easier okay all right so why don't you talk about what uh i mean gosh we need to keep it under a couple of hours so <laughs> talking about all the good that it the is being married to me this, and I'm, I'm gonna have to narrow it down yeah, is what I you're mean, saying you, we could make this a multi-episode okay. arc if we need it okay uh you, do you think you can narrow it down it's, it's gonna be rough but i'm gonna attempt to do it what a hero yeah yeah that's me so one of the good i can name is when you have a spouse who is a minister, at least what I have found, my only experiences with you, is the vulnerable spiritual side is your wheelhouse. And so when I, in my faith walk, have struggled with, pick the topic, wherever I am emotionally or whether it's something within my uh, understanding of God, not only am I just processing it with you, but you have knowledge and experience in this realm. 
And I would like to think and hope that because you love the Lord and you love me, our connection is even stronger. Our, our commitment to one another is stronger. So I would think that's a definite good in my, is the counseling and or ability to carry or pastoral care side of being a minister, I think is very, is a positive. When you can translate that into the relationship. Yeah. That is, yeah. I love that. I love that. Well, I mean, like there's many times in my faith walk, specifically with you being the pastor, that, uh, unfortunately, I can spend more time on the bad part of it than I can (laughs) on the good part. But the, like all things, things are challenging. And especially with faith, it's not concrete. It's not black and white. And having someone who understands that and is walking it too is helpful. And Mm -hmm. for me to know that I... I can work out my faith questions with you because you're also my pastor. And that there's a weird, there's a weirdness there. And you and I, I think, have navigated those waters well so far. And it, it may have even been because, you know, my dad was a minister. I understood that sometimes you're family can't be that you have to seek that ministry guidance or that minister guidance person by some from somebody else not in your the person who is there but you could wear those hats and I think you've done that well oh I'm looking at you so I I like that portion of our being able to be vulnerable with one another in faith specifically knowledge of scripture our understanding of god and how to navigate the world this is your wheelhouse so you're used to discussing and conversing and processing these things and it being gray and it having gray answers not black or white answers so that's good for me okay well that's very nice thank you what's your good oh we'll buckle up (laughs) (laughs) so my good is one of the many of my sure, goods, sure. Okay. multiple, is um, seeing you thrive doing what God made you to do. Of all the different things that God made you to do that you are good at, ministry is up near the top. And seeing other people recognize what I have always seen in you and what other people at times in the past, have willfully chosen not to see. Oh, we're going to get into that. Yeah, we're not there yet. But it is it is a constant delight to see how you are, by just the very nature of being you, you aren't coming in to your job and, you know, pushing an agenda or trying any sort of thing, you are being as fully you as you know how to be and you are killing it. And I am over the moon excited to see how well you are doing, but also I'm very thankful that you're at a place that recognizes what they have because we have been at multiple places 
That did not. That did not recognize you and did not recognize the good of you and to their detriment. And so it it fills me with joy seeing that. So that has been one of the very best goods is you have the space and the freedom and the ability to really stretch your wings without having to do all the things that we'll talk about in a minute um, in the in the downside, without having to deal with that. Because you didn't get this job because you're married to me. You didn't get this job yeah. because it, these people don't know me from Adam. And so, um, and that's been, that's been its own it's been sort nice. of level of fun. Yeah. But it is a... Um, to see them see you and appreciate you makes me so, so happy. So that has been a definite good. Oh, that's very sweet. That's the truth. So I think one of the goods also that I think we could probably just both share is having the other person understand ministry. Yes. I mean... 100%. So to be both of us ministry spouses is a huge gift because we understand, hopefully we're more patient with one another in what is required in being a minister. Yeah. So that's incredibly helpful. It's not... If you were a master electrician, I would know nothing. And there are lots of people, couples that I know that they... They love their spouse, but can't fully explain all that they do because it's confusing and they, they don't do that job. No slam on them, but to actually have a partner who knows not only, maybe maybe you don't know the people of the church necessarily yeah. well, but you know what I'm doing and, and I know what you're doing and the thing you're carrying, the the structure and the word. I know what that's like. And that is a unique gift that we are both ministers working in churches it's the same language it is so good i i 100 agree and i take for granted i don't i don't appreciate enough the fact that i can ask you a really technical question about my job we have a sort of generic holy week service coming up uh at at my baptist church which doesn't do a lot of liturgical stuff should I have communion that Wednesday night or not? Mm. If we're doing a Holy Week service, yeah. my my hunch is, yeah, I should probably have communion because we're talking about the Last Supper and that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. But my guess is that um, if I were to ask you that question and, and go, I'm kind of stumped on this, you would say something along the lines of, yeah, I think you should do it. However, because we know those services tend to not have as many people, instead of the normal rigmarole, why don't you do it by intention? Why yeah. don't you do something yeah. that way? However many people come, it's a smaller, more intimate, different kind of thing that you you can answer a very specific question in very specific ways. And yeah. I don't take that. Uh, I don't I don't appreciate that enough. It's just part of, you know, because the next question is, did you do the laundry? And your next question is, <laughs> yeah. did you drop the taxes off to yeah, get done? Yeah, you know, yeah, and, and then yeah. I'm like, hey, should I go visit this person in the hospital right now or later? And you'll go, oh, remember. Yeah, you got to do this and this for blah, blah, blah. So if you don't do that now, you're not going to. Yeah. Oh, OK. Yeah. So the the really specific ways in which you can help is you're absolutely right. We know plenty of couples who couldn't even describe. Yeah. But and, and it's not a not a slam on them. Not, it's not just not at all. 
it is a unique blessing we have mm-hmm. that I don't think I name and treasure enough. But that definitely is a plus, 100%. Can you think of other goods we should name? Well, I mean, the, the good of, I, I really, we are both made to do this work. And the fact that we are both able to do it. Yeah, getting paid to be able to do yeah. what we were what we're called to be doing yeah. is a gift. It is an incredible gift. And honestly, I can say having two churches has been a gift. In a way that we did not expect no. or seek out, really. Yes. Yeah. I, in fact, I think I would have thought it wouldn't be. Yes. I thought one of them would be the evil stepchild. You know, like that you didn't yes. that you didn't really do anything with. And <laughs> either the the new one's the shiny one that looks all amazing, yeah. or the new one is the stepmom's. Like you're never going to be as good as mom, right? Like, I, so I, we have two churches and two groups of people radically different. That yes, are very different, but have given us blessing yes. by being a part of said communities. Yes, um, so that is another good. One hundred percent. It it is a really unique blessing to show up and not be in charge of stuff at church. Yeah, that never happens for you. I know. It so I show That's a definite up, good on your part. Oh man, like I show up and people come to you with their furrowed brows and their questions about blah, 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 and what are we and what are we, and I'm just sitting there, you know, we go over to your church to do this uh, this kind of evening uh, meal kind of thing. We can say it. So it's called Parents of Teens Group. Parents of teens group we call it the pot group we nothing to do with pot but it is a chance for the parents of the teens who are having youth group to get together my hope was eventually for it to become a bible study or some sort of small group but for now it's just friendships sitting around you bring your dinner in yeah we sit in around the table and eat and share stories so an hour and a half two hours so when people when people come in and have serious church questions that need serious <laughs> church <laughs> yeah. answers it's so great i'm just munching on my fries yeah. i don't have to do anything yeah it's, it's <laughs> interesting to, for me to carry it not you yeah. So. yeah 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 so that has been uh and and it's been that way every time that i've gone you know where whether it was the christmas eve service or just randomly during the week our worship services on sunday are at the same time so, yeah, we, so can't, we can't we, we can't uh, attend each other's services, and we're far enough away I couldn't get there. Just hop and, over. Yeah. yeah. But it is uh, when I'm able to be there and just sort of be the arm candy on your arm <laughs> of just like... You yep. do arm candy well, love. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's, uh, it, it's, it's been really, really nice to... Uh, you know, I... You just, in a small church, you have to be responsible for all the things all the time. Uh-huh. Even with a ton of people who do a ton of really creative, thoughtful, amazing volunteer stuff. The buck stops with you. The buck so. stops here. And yeah. so to be at a place where I can go, whew, that's a toughie, love, and just... <laughs> <laughs> and I come up with the answer. Yeah. Like, so it's uh, that's been a new and fun thing to be able to try out uh, that still is so new it still tickles me every time I get to do it so so we wanted to talk about the good because honestly we have even more experience with the bad sure the negative side of it um and it also has led us to conversations um about boundaries and I bring up the word boundaries because it I, we wanted to do a podcast about boundaries 
but it's sticky. <laughs> so Why is it sticky? Because boundaries is hard. Boundaries are hard. So I can't even say it correctly. <laughs> boundaries. Boundaries hard. are hard with within relationships, within your job. It's complicated. And so that's what we've been processing. But we realized that some of this can be wrapped up in the topic of ministry spouses. So the flip side of ministry spouses, the bad. One of the things we can I we can speak about we have more experience in is me carrying the bad because you're the pastor and I was the spouse for a, a longer most more, of our marriage most has been of our that marriage. yeah and it's it's been rocky um for we joke and say that pastors Patrick says that he sort of kills the vibe of a party if they ask oh what do you do what what do you do and when they find out that he's a pastor people always either one oh my gosh did i say a cuss word anytime in the conversation so they're replaying the conversation that they just had with him in their with head this panicked look on their face or they think it's like a, a roll call system where they'll go well you know my neighbor's cousin's sister goes to church and patrick will kind of go oh, okay great you know i'll make sure god knows like like he doesn't have anything to say so again just caught in headlights yeah. panic of like I need to come up with church fact. What is church fact? Brain, go. So ministers in general, no one knows what to do with it. You know, like, yeah. it, it, no one knows what to... And and now... You're not a priest, which, you know, some people would put a priest on a higher pedestal because they wear the collar and so, right. or they don't get married. Like, I, I don't know. But you're a minister. What Like, how do I relate to that? Like, that's what people think. Well, even... And even now um, with the uh, w- with the needed attention on um, abuse scandals and all of those kinds oh, of yeah. things and culture moving away from Christianity being something that's accepted um, as often you know it's it's sure. it I am getting not just the panic but I'm also getting some hostility hmm. and I I'm not even it, it, I would get it if I was like, hey, uh, who here goes to church, everybody? Let's right. raise our yeah. hands. I'm not doing that. I'm just existing. And mm-hmm. uh, and so it is already kind of a sticky thing just what my job is. And then the the definite downsides of it's not even your job. You just happen to be married to, to me yes. who has mm-hmm. the job. So. So in our past, we've been in small churches for the most part and more conservative and Southern in its portion of the States. And I, for those who are listening, those tens of people, most of them know, know me personally. Um, I'm not, I'm an opinionated person. I'm a redhead. So I'm classic, uh, bold and stubborn and I'm not hot tempered but no. um you're confident in your opinions and that's that's a nicer way to say it thank you very much you're welcome I am confident in my opinions and I am for me personally I'm a leader so that portion doesn't fit uh the mold that what people expected a pastor's wife to be in fact when you and I first met one another in seminary 
when I was in seminary, you were a pastor. I didn't want to date you because you were a pastor and because I was in seminary to be a pastor. And the last and thing you wanted? I did not want to be a pastor's wife because all I knew of what a pastor's wife was, was a submissive and quiet woman. And that was the opposite of who I was going to be. And so I was like, I don't think I want that. And then I fell in love with you. You are welcome. And it welcome. wrecked my world. And in a good way. In a good yeah, way. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. I was about to say, we're just going to see. <laughs> just yeah. going to see. If no, that... it was in a good way. So. You keep saying that. No, and I mean it. But <laughs> I didn't want this road because all I saw of pastor's wives were ones that cooked Played the piano. Played the piano and sang in the choir or like whatever, like, and did work the nursery. Yes. And that in my brain was derogatory because I, I was going to be a pastor. That's what I was in seminary for. That's what I was called to be. It doesn't work with both of us together. And then I married you and we had Piper and felt called to continue. And you had more degrees than I did. And needed you could find work and we felt called to go to North Carolina and take our first church together and we were young and excited and there were lots of good that came from that church oh yeah but lots of hard oh yeah and it was a lot of it's aimed at me yes partly because people have a hard time being mad at the pastor yes and they could if they disagree with you they'd Put it on me. Or I told you to do things. And they thought I was the one controlling you. I don't don't even know what all they thought. But because I don't know how to keep my mouth shut. And I'm opinionated. And I also have lots of experience in ministry. And so when you're in a small church, I can help do those things. So I did the nursery. And I did the youth ministry. And I did the children's ministry. And I did women's ministry. And I did so many things. Because you knew you could hand it to me and I could do it. Yeah. You would have a lack of volunteers in small church who couldn't. Yeah. And that's great. It gets stuff done until you decide, me, I said not you, I decide to do something that they don't like. Yeah. Or you do something that they don't like. It, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, comes, it comes back to me. Yes. And so I've had m- multiple years of a stigma and an opinion about what I can and cannot do or how... To the point where I used to get comp- uh, complaints about I wasn't dressed the right way um, or I didn't respond to a situation in the right way or I didn't thank a person in the right way. I did thank them multiple ways, but not the one that they wanted. Like, So the uh, opinion on how I should be was hard. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, to be real honest here, it wrecked me. It, it hurt my wanting to be in church because of the harshness of opinions. But yet, I love you, and I supported what God was calling you to do. But I wrestled with the, okay, well, if God's calling you to be here, then God's calling me to be here. So why am I getting these pieces? So that was a big negative um, for me, was the opinions of others that like a public figure, I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't, I'm not paid for the job, but I have the the opinions of all in the job. So, yeah, and I I think 
that the one of the most disheartening things is when you were devalued as a person mm. and all you are and and people would even be offended i mean if i went back and pointed it out look oh, look sure. what you're doing is devaluing her as a person so we're not just talking about the foaming at the mouth angry old people yeah, yeah. although we had those we too we had those too yeah those are fun um but they're their own category because they're miserable in their life yeah. and they need to dump that on yeah. somebody. So, and, you know, a lot of ministry is spiritual parenting, no matter what the age. So, sure. you know, people in their 70s throw temper tantrums just as much as people in... Just as toddlers do. Just as toddlers do. Yeah. So, um, but the kind of people who would smile at you and, and not be, you know, uh, not be violent in their words but would just diminish you and put a cap on what you who you were and what you could be because you were married to me. Yeah. I found that to be the most insidious and the um just the worst. I mean I you know you you It was really disheartening. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I I don't I was amazed that you you know in the lowest of the low points you still showed up when I needed help. And that church didn't deserve it. You had been crapped on by people who, even if they were going to do things that we didn't agree with, they chose to do them in a really nasty way. And yet you showed up and helped even because I needed it, even when those people showed their butts in everything that they did. And it... It's funny, you know, in ministry, because people are used to uh, the ex... Well, I said not all people. Those who have been in church a good portion of their life, they have this understanding that to the pastor, you don't lie. Like there's a, this honesty policy with... Because God with, knows. Yeah, yes. <laughs> with, with the pastor. And they that means they also have to be honest with the spouse. But they're... It's, all the negative it it was it was abrupt the number of comments or criticisms i received that was just them spouting off their honest opinion it and the next day they would have forgotten it but yeah. like in that moment they were just i just got to tell you i'm not happy with what you're wearing today or you know like you didn't you didn't sing that right or your response in the song wasn't blah 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 you know yeah there is this expectation of being honest and i guess maybe it's a southern thing of just being honest well to a fault and the southern thing at least in conservative churches which is our experience because lots of churches are different yeah Uh, but the conservative southern they treat ministers like the help and um, you are just lesser. an even lesser than yeah. the help. Yeah. So um, to be, you know, it, it is rare to be, even for the person who's paid, to be treated like a professional. And to, yeah. even though they know I have master's and doctoral level degrees, um, you know, it's been a rare church that's actually treated me like a professional who knows what I'm doing. And it wasn't in the South that I got yeah. that. Yeah. Spoiler warning. But yeah. Uh, but it's, there's, you know, I I think the world's changed so much too in that it would be interesting now to see if that's still the, the pervasive 
area. Do you have negatives for being spouse? Uh, I do. Of a, of a minister I was about pastor? to bring it up. And, <laughs> oh, uh, really? <laughs> so um, even though the where you, you know, this is the only place where you have been full-time yeah. that we've been married, um, even though so many people have been so positive, there have been people who have been butts to you. Mm-hmm. And they have been butts to your face. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, Again, this, there's that honesty part. And this is this is new to me because I'm used to it from from my end of them either doing it for me or uh, I knew I didn't have to I didn't have to worry about you protecting yourself. What I had to worry about when you were the pastor's <laughs> wife and they were butts to you was what was going to come back on them because these poor people who were just being dumb <laughs> with their words were about to get uh, yeah. verbally karate chopped. And I didn't mince words. You did uh, not. I did. And for the first time, I'm now in a position where people are being butts to you, not because of me, not, right. but they've decided for whatever reason, either their own jealousy or selfishness or, or whatever, um, you know, people are people. <laughs> when they're they're coming after you and my reaction is the same reaction I saw all those years in you of like hey uh uh-uh, that's my person you don't get to do that so one at one point I was uh was I pregnant with Andy you had a deacon's meeting or something that you went to uh, yeah yeah and I did it was a it was a deacon's meeting so and- so so you being pregnant with Andy um was a challenging pregnancy, pregnancy it was so, I mean, even though we, if they know us, Piper's pregnancy yeah. was rough. I was on hospital. Completely in a different way. In a different way. So with with my pregnancy with Andy. There were significant hormonal <laughs> Roller coasters. <laughs> He's doing a hands of roller coasters. Swings. So it was it was rough. But Patrick, I'm, I'm home with Piper as I would normally do. I'm pregnant. I get Piper to bed. Patrick comes home after his deacon's meeting. And like a good wife that I am, or a good partner that I am. Okay, how was the meeting? How, what, how did things go? I'm like, oh boy. And you, letting off steam, shared the poor opinions or thoughts and comments from some of the people in yeah. the meeting. Yeah. And I was so pissed off at the things that people said. Golly gee, love. I sure think <laughs> that you should beat the stuffing out of. Oh, I said some other prettier words, and here I and I was pregnant. Egads. I was pregnant. Dern. And I'm like, you know what? That's fine. I know where they live. I just need you to help me get out of this chair because that's gonna be a challenge. And they help me put my feet in some shoes. And you're like, where, where are you going? I'm like, nope. I'm going to their house. I'm going to their house. I'm gonna have them a word or two with them on how dare they speak to you with blah 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 blah. Listener. Uh, Editor's note here. That's not what she said. Imagine, <laughs> if you will, it being more colorful and not appropriate. I said I said words that I couldn't yeah, share. No, 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 no. I'm, I don't mean you made it seem like it was just back then. No, you continued with the words. Um, there were healthy words <laughs> um, that were intensely shared, creatively um, used as adjectives. You. So st- I'm not going to apologize for having right. your back. So and very, loving you very, completely. very pregnant you were, you were reaching your arms out saying, I need a boost to get up and I need you to put shoes on my feet because I'm going to drive to their, um, their homes <clears throat> and I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. And, yeah. uh, he's, he's not filling in the words cause they were, they were, they were saucy. 
Yeah, there you you raised the temperature on the language a bit. I was I was ticked it, off. It was I think it was five. Uh, it was it was five, I, I five 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 little peppers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you were seriously going to go, and I had the very weird situation of going. I'm not going to get you up out of this chair. And you went, love, I need you to get me up out of this chair. I'm ticked off. Any now, I'm already a defensive person yeah. when comes to my babies and yep. my husband. Yep. I love you all and I go mama bear in every sense of the word. I want to protect and care for. If in ministry, you would have people who would say mean, stupid stuff about you. Yeah. And you would relay this to me. Yeah. I was I was hot. So these are people in her church, just to be clear, saying mean stuff about her. They're not saying mean stuff about me. They know nothing really yeah, about no, me. Yeah, no, they're not. They don't know me well enough to not like me yet. No. But so the flip side... <laughs> Yeah. I was just giving a mixed scope of I, I didn't do a good job of keeping my mouth shut. And that, spoiler, is my life. So <laughs> if I kept my mouth shut, I probably wouldn't get as much trouble. But I realize I'm now in this situation. And I may wind up at your church when these butts act like butts to your face. And it's not very many. No. Just a couple. Just a couple. But it doesn't take more than no. a couple, right? You're now going defensive. How many butts do you need, right? How many? <laughs> Not, I don't want a lot. I don't, How many? I don't, I don't want more like than zero? one. Zero. I'm okay with zero butts. You don't. You don't want a single butt. Well, I mean, like other than my own, no. Okay. Because <laughs> I, I can be. So. <laughs> yeah, I, can, I, can, I do enough on my own. I'm okay on my own. But. <laughs> no, I, uh, I realized I'm gonna need to make a plan. Because I'm not going to react well when somebody is being that way towards you for something that's not really any of my business. I mean, other than them attacking you and that becomes my business, but they're not involving me in this. But it doesn't matter. I now realize I'm going to have to, because it's not going to help. It's going to feel so good in the moment. And I'm going to be looking for people to high five (laughs) because... I'm going to destroy them, but it's not going to help in the long run. And I don't want to be that person. And that's not a good thing. And this is where you are. This is where you are so much smarter than I am because I never once in the time we've been married. That's not true. But most part, I didn't ever think, okay, I don't want to put that on Patrick. If my reaction, my, my reaction is going to make things worse. I didn't, I, I didn't really measure my reaction <laughs> and how it was going to make things worth worth. Worse, but you did do. And when we say I was attacked, it it wasn't a lot. But listen, you any attack of you is too much attack. Okay. So in us talking about some of these things, one of the pieces is boundaries, and this is a challenge for me. Um, I there is a book uh, by Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend. And it what's is, it called? It's called Boundaries. Oh. When to say yes and how to say no to take control of your life. And Have you read this book? All right, fine. So I, it was suggested to me uh, by a friend that in some of the struggles that I am having in being spouse of a minister and also being the minister myself, one of the things that I need to stretch myself on is boundaries. And it's become almost a four-letter word because the book, I made it, I, I think think I finished the third chapter. 
And y'all, I it it was way too close to home. Well, you were not liking it in the first chapter. Oh you gosh. were reading it here at home. Yeah, the first chapter had me in tears because it gave this examples of a person who doesn't have boundaries and how it is wrecking their world. And I'm like, every one of the examples is me and I'm losing it. I'm, 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 I'm so ugly crying because, and it gave like, I mean, I kid you not, probably six or seven examples of a person who doesn't have boundaries and, and it is obvious that it's messing up their life. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they've been, They've been following me, and every one of these examples is me. And I, I read that first chapter, and I put it down. And I was like, "Nope, I, can't, mm-mm." I can't. I wish that I had a video camera in our house when she was reading it because she was arguing with chapter one. Hey, stop it! Oh, and this stop is stop it. We were on Ooh. our we were on our August uh, or our anniversary our anniversary trip. trip. So we always get to go to our my aunt Marcia's has a lake house, and at Lake. Um, Oh gosh, Smith Mountain Lake. Thank, Smith Mountain Lake. Can you guys drew a blank? Um, <laughs> and we go and we go for a week, and it is the highlight of our year. Yes, is just it's solitude. We take board games, we take videos, we take books, and we just enjoy quiet and it just being you and I. <sighs> and it is it is magical, and it is nothing fancy. We go to Kroger, buy groceries for the week. We may go out of the house to go get ice cream. That's no, you know what. We go to that one Italian place now because you found That's that. True. You found that, that sandwich you like. Uh, that is very true. So that we, we go, go out twice. twice. Actually, that's the same time we go out grocery shopping. <laughs> we oh, go. <laughs> yeah. We go out. We just so go out the way. But anyway, yeah. I took this because I was like, okay, I can't just read fiction books. I'm going to read something that's going to help me to grow in my personhood. And that was the wrong decision <laughs> because I remember sitting on the porch just. Arguing and sobbing with this yep. stupid book. Nothing sets a good anniversary trip mood. Oh my gosh. Like we spent a lot of time processing this first yes. chapter. And then I put it down. I couldn't do any more. I now have since read two more chapters. And it's been probably five or six months since I've picked it up. So you're making good progress <laughs> is what you're saying. No. No, okay. no I'm not. Okay. Uh, this is the epitome of Sarah's struggle. Uh, is especially within ministry the when to say yes and how to say no yeah that is hard because i it's a it's a bad combination of one i'm a perfectionist and i want to do my very best i don't want to do things halfway so i only know to provide my very best even if that's sacrificing my sleep, even if that's not eating well or taking care of self, I've got to get this whatever job is done, whatever assignment is done quickly, perfectly, whatever. So that, in combination with, in ministry, our availability to, it's such a a weird job because it's not a nine to five. There's, I've never known a pastor even ones I didn't consider as very good pastors who could lock it down and not have it bleed into the other portions of their lives because emergencies happen. Medical things happen. You have a congregant who is in a car accident. Well, you're back into minister mode when you happen to be at a birthday party with your kids at the pool, you know, like it happens. And, and even, even in more basic situations, you have this person who's a volunteer, but they're at work all day. 
So yeah. the only time they can talk to you is at 7.45 at yeah. night. So yeah. what are you going to say to them? Hey, sorry. Sorry, my office hours are 9 to 5. Yeah. So. And, and so there's some of that yeah. that you have to navigate and balance. How, how does all of this work? And I do that horribly. I horribly. That's why I can't pick up boundaries, which is so this book and this idea of you have a fence that has a gate. Your life is surrounded by a fence and you are in charge of the gate that welcomes people in and shuts people out. And we can all say, well, I don't want people who are I choose to not allow some of those negative Nellies who only see the bad, you know, I'd, or we used to call them ministry friends, those who only bleed you dry, but don't pour back into you. Okay. I can limit how much they get into my yard. Yeah. You know, yeah. but I'm in control of the gate. Well, a person who doesn't have good boundaries, I have more than one gate and they're all open and I have no control over who comes in and who, who doesn't. Suddenly there's all of these people in your space. And I don't know how to say yes or no properly. And within these ideas of being ministry spouses, it is shown even brighter the issues of boundaries and how do we how do we yeah. navigate the world with boundaries? How do we love and say no? Yeah. How do we care for yet stop? Yeah. You know, and then. On top of all that, how do you have a family and care for your own family when you have the world around you that is falling apart? Where is that line, those lines? Yeah. So I've, I've, in our, in my struggles recently with spouse issues, ministry issues. Spouse not, issues. No, not like, like ministry spouse issues. Sorry. <laughs> Not, I don't have an issue with you. But I was about to say, it sounds like we have a whole new uh, that's topic. Not, that's next week, guys. Uh, uh, oh, <laughs> no. Okay. So with that, this idea of boundaries has come up. And it is, I am not obviously to the place where I could talk about it quite yet. <laughs> so we're not doing a book study on this we're book quite We're not doing a book yet. study. But I do, I know those of you who are listening, I need the accountability because I... I want the end of the story character, not the first chapter character, to be who I am. So the first chapter was hard. And if anybody has the book or has read the book, I would love for you to email me, hold me accountable. Um, I bought the workbook and the book because I really had every intention of flying through this one and just chewing it up. And then it stopped me in my tracks. Um, And we will have more discussions about boundaries specifically because it's hard work uh not just because we're ministers but boundaries in general are hard and like sarah said part of what this podcast is is working through the the real snapshot of what right now looks like some of it is fun and laughing but some of it is this is where we are right now and so we we want the podcast to be more than just goofy we also want it to be more reflective of what we do, which who is we are. and who we are, which is both. It is fun and arguing about Marvel movies, but it's also, hey, this is a real thing, and I recognize already, you know, because I detest chapter one so much, this definitely is a book that I need uh, to talk yeah, about. Unfortunately, yeah. And this is a thing that I need to do. And and 
you bought the book for me too. I mean, I we focused it on you, yeah. but it's neither one of us has done well with boundaries. Did you read the first chapter? Yeah. But you were not in a place for us to talk (laughs) because we made a whole plan. We were going to talk about it. And then you had words about the first chapter. I had tears. And I thought, huh, maybe we're changing. I've never had a chapter wreck me so much in its truth. I mean, like. It's it's put un- the book in a box and put it in your closet. Kind of like I can't have it near What's me. What's the right friends now. thing you put in the freezer? Because it's you put the oh, book, yeah, yeah. you don't you're scared yeah. of in the freezer. Yeah. Like I'm yes. just gonna put this in the freezer. Yes. I that was my reaction to this. So book. so we don't have this tied up and wrapped up in a bow, but we have an honest reflection as of right now at the end of March, what twenty twenty three where we are and what this looks like. And this will be an ongoing conversation we're going to be having and an ongoing thing we are trying to work on and lean into. And we wanted that to be part of what our podcast was too. So we hope as you guys, I mean, this is, we just scratched the surface on yeah. some of the good and the bad of being married to a minister. Yeah, And we could talk for hours about more good or bad, but even more specifically boundaries this is just the beginning. Like Patrick said, if you were sitting at our table right now, I would be processing these things with you. And part of it is hard because I don't have very many close friends that I can share these pieces with. So you are sort of being my friends, even though I'm not, you're not sitting here at the table with us. All tens of you. All tens of you. Even though I can't look you in the eye, it helps to know you're listening. And then if you come back to us, in person or in email and let us know what your thoughts are initially or if you've read the book or what's hidden home for you or have you ever thought about a minister's spouse or what's the good and the bad of being the spouse of I mean share those things with us because that's I want us I want it to be a two-sided conversation not a one-sided so how can they reach us Devane world at gmail.com. And we do check the email. It's on our phone. So yes, we, we will do. hear and know if you are commenting us. If you are friends and one of our tens, you also know how to text us and you know how to call <laughs> us in other ways. The but 47 ways we have. Well, it's There are not a lot of resources out there for ministers' spouses. Yeah. Uh, specifically, those who are a couple who are both minister spouses. Yeah. There's even less resources yeah. for those. And so if we do have any friends who are ministers' spouses or ministers and spouses together, definitely reach out to us um, or share this with others that you know of and say a prayer for your minister and their family and put them on an even even level in your prayer. Uh, Life is hard in a normal place. So love on your people. Are you ready for bees knees? Let's bring it up a little bit lighter. Let's do it. Let's do some bees knees. So every week we talk about what we have either discovered or are just loving right now. And we call it our bees knees. So do you want to start or do you want me to? Uh, I'll start. Okay. Um, I have two. One is a book called The Dead Romantics by Ashley Poston. Gothic horror. No, it's a romance. Oh, okay. But it is. Gothic horror romance. No. It is was a suggestion by a friend named Kristen, and she whoop, whoop. said, oh, I think you would really like this book, and she nailed it. It was so cute. It was so whimsical. It was funny. It was romantic. I absolutely loved it, and I have thought about it. I've suggested it to several people, but I am, I'm obsessed with it. I wanted to find other, this is the only, this is the first, like, 
a romance. She wrote some YA stuff for a while, um, but this is the first adult kind of romance book, and she did a phenomenal job. I absolutely loved it. So The Dead Romantics by Ashley Poston is one of the things I'm obsessed with this week. And the other thing is not as exciting, but I'm obsessed with eggs. And yes, you heard me correctly, eggs. Eggs are my comfort food. Um, If I am struggling, if I'm overwhelmed, if I'm tired, if I don't know what to eat, just fix me some scrambled eggs with American cheese and I'm a happy girl. Mm -hmm. If you have bacon on top of that, man, I'm, I'm in love with you. But eggs are my favorite. Well, this week I've had a couple different egg dishes that have rocked my world. I used to, um, for those of you who also know, I don't do gluten. Uh, gluten and my body don't like each other very much. Um, I cheat every once in a while, and then I pay for it. So when I first started this no full dairy and no gluten, which is what I first started many years ago, I did a recipe where you had caramelized onions and eggs and whatever deli meat you wanted to sort of caramelize to. You'd mix all those together, eggs onions, and deli meat. And then to give it a little creaminess, I could handle little bits of goat cheese. And oh my gosh, I made it, I would make a big batch mm-hmm. once a week and I'd eat off of it for several mornings and loved it. So I made that this week and it was comfort food bliss for me. Um, and then we, Patrick and I get to do a date. Most Fridays is our Sabbath for both of us where we don't have to work and the kids are in school. So it's like a magical five hours like the kids aren't in school very long but, um, <laughs> it never seems as long as no it seems like so fast but um we went to if you're local it's called the breakfast shop um in severna park maryland and i tried a new thing on the recipe on the on the menu which i never do well maybe new for you i don't know yeah. if it's new on no it's not new on the menu but new for me and it was a steak and cheese omelet yeah and i thought they're either gonna do this well or it's gonna be bad but i was craving steak which I never crave red meat, really. I mean, I don't. Yeah. I could go without meat half the time. So it was a steak and omelet, and the steak was seasoned to perfection, and it was beyond amazing. It also had mushrooms and onions and two different cheeses. Mm-hmm. It was so good. I mean, so good. So, you know, weird bee's knees for Sarah. It's a romance book and eggs. Those are mine. <laughs> it's it's fitting, though. It is. That would That would be you. Okay, my bee's knees... Very exciting. First book in a new series. Ooh. I know. So this book is called A Beautiful Blue Death by Charles Finch. It's uh, set in the you know London 1880s-ish kind of time. And, um, is it a mystery? Yeah. Series of mysteries. Um, sort of like if Sherlock Holmes was wealthy. Uh-huh. So... This guy, th- there's not... It's like one of those towns you don't want to live in because there's murders. Well, it's London, so you oh, probably okay. didn't want to live... I mean, unless you had money, you didn't sure. want to live in London sure. in the 1800s. But um, it it is... Uh, I always read to turn my brain off when I'm going to sleep. And trying to find the right level of book that is interesting so that my brain is actually into the story but not so exciting that it keeps me awake. There is this happy medium Mm. of just boring enough book. And I mean that as a compliment. I need a just boring enough book. And it is, my sleep is so much better when I find it because I, my brain can turn off and I can go to sleep. And this book, it is the first of 
15. Oh my gosh. I love a good series. So this guy is going to be putting me to sleep <laughs> for, for months at a time. That's so awesome. Uh, a Beautiful Blue Death by Charles Finch about a, a detective. Uh, hey, we're both writing books that have dead in the title. Mine's yeah. Dead Romance, Romantics and yours is The Blue Death. Interesting. What does that say about us? Uh, it's been a rough week. <laughs> <laughs> So and then our together. Yes, we we realized Patrick actually said his bees knees to me beforehand, and I was like, no, I I want that too. So we have a together bees knees, Um, and it is a video game on Xbox. We told you all that we do Devane games where I play new video games, and it was a new one that we tried just because it looked cute. It was pixelated. Yep. Um, It's called Merge and Blade, and. I couldn't explain it. It has a Tetrisy kind of uh, puzzly. Yeah, with people. And then once you've done that part, they go and they fight. And you don't push buttons to do that. It just all you're in charge of is the little puzzle part. And when the puzzle part's done, they go and they fight on their own. And if they win, if they are still alive at the end, you go to the next level. And there's and you Tetris it again. And boy, the soundtrack is it's cute it is all of it works it's not annoying the pixelage is the it's pretty not pretty it's cool to look at yeah um and it's fun and we've the whole family we will we've turned it on so i tried it with devane games and liked it yes and there's actually an episode out there is out so you could find that on youtube on at devane games but we tried it and liked it and so now we'll sit there we'll turn on the xbox and we'll take turns playing i mean with the kids even well we're working on my account but we're we'll take turns playing this game and we all sort of watch and support and weirdly it's fun it works it does it 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 works really well so that's merge and blade is the name of it on the xbox so all right thank you so much for listening we love uh being able to do this and we are so excited about all the feedback that we've been getting you are always welcome to either Email us at DevaneWorld at gmail.com or if you, um, you know... If you know us personally, you can reach out to us personally. Absolutely. So thanks for listening and we will see you next time. Have a good week, everybody. 